Section 47 of The Mysteries of London, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gray Clayton. The Mysteries of London, Volume 3, by George W. M. Reynolds. Section 47. Chapter 46. Explanations. At eleven o'clock on the following day, Lord Ellingham, who had passed a sleepless and wretched night, called at the house of Lady Hatfield, and was immediately conducted to the drawing-room, where Georgiana was alone in readiness to receive him. She was dressed in a morning garb, and, though very, very pale, looked surpassingly lovely. "'My dear friend,' she said, extending her hand, which, as he offered to press it with rapture to his lips, she gently but still resolutely withdrew. My dear friend, for such henceforth must I call you. Georgiana, he exclaimed, starting back, what means this coolness? Be seated, Arthur, and listen to me attentively, she said in a plaintive and sweetly touching tone. I am not very well, my nerves are not strong to-day, and you must not manifest any impatience towards me. Indeed, I ought to have postponed this interview, but I considered it to be my duty, a paramount duty, owing alike to yourself and to me, to enter into as early an explanation as possible. This preface forebodes nothing favourable to my happiness, murmured the Earl as he sank into a seat to which Georgiana pointed, but which was not by her side. Arthur, she continued, with difficulty maintaining sufficient control over her emotions to enable her to speak calmly and collectedly, You know not how much I love you, how dearly I am devoted to you. For your sake, and to bear the name of your wife, I could consent to become a mendicant, a wanderer on the face of the earth, renounce fortune, rank, society, all, in fine, that we women are generally deemed to hold so dear. Yes, all this could I do for your sake, so that you were my companion. Then conceive how hard it is for me, oh, how very hard, my well-beloved Arthur, to be compelled to say that henceforth we must know each other only as friends. Merciful heavens! ejaculated the Earl, uncertain whether the imagined capriciousness of his Georgiana was about to assert its tantalizing influence again, or whether anything of a more serious nature, and connected with the incidents of the preceding evening, was about to present an insuperable bar to his happiness. Yes, Arthur, continued Georgiana, in an impressive tone, henceforth we must be but as brother and sister to each other, and as a dear, fond, affectionate sister will I ever be to you, for your generosity would have made me your wife in spite of but you cannot wish me to refer to that. And yet it is that one sad episode in my life which now asserts an inexorable influence over the conduct which we must both pursue. It is that event which you, in the noble candour, in the warm liberality of your admirable disposition, you praise me too highly, Georgiana, exclaimed the Earl. I loved you, I loved you dearly, and in spite of all that you now say, hope is not quenched within me. But, my God, when will this painful suspense pass? 
when shall i behold you no longer a prey to an influence alas that influence must endure for ever murmured lady hatfield tears now trembling upon her eyelashes no no cried the earl with impassioned energy when but a few days ago we entered into explanations with each other when i informed you that i was aware of the nature of that secret influence which tyrannized over you did i not assure you that as a loving husband i would so completely study your happiness oh yes interrupted georgiana and did i not declare that you had given me a proof of affection such as a man seldom gave unto a woman believe me believe me she added earnestly i felt all that there was great generous and noble in your conduct for knowing that secret that sad that fatal secret you banished all prejudice discarded even those scruples which the most high-minded of men so often entertain under such circumstances dearest georgiana exclaimed the earl you attach far too much importance to the secret of which you speak what man that truly loves a virtuous beautiful accomplished and amiable woman would allow himself to be swayed ah every heart is not so generous as yours interrupted georgiana you recognize the complete innocence of my soul i cannot believe that you would be guilty of the wanton cruelty of inflicting these tortures upon me georgiana said the earl were it not for that strange that almost morbid state of mind which is at times produced by the recollection of a serious fright which you experienced some years ago and from the effects of which you have not completely recovered but after all wherefore do you praise me so highly wherefore do you thank me so much for the simple fact of not allowing the knowledge of this occasional access of morbid feeling to weigh with me arthur almost shrieked georgiana losing all control over herself then you know not the secret the dreadful secret yes have i not proved to you that i know it exclaimed the earl surprised and grieved at the strange manner of lady hatfield your uncle put me in possession of the facts and what is there in them after all it's a mere adventure which one would now tell only as a christmas tale or to amuse children had it not produced so serious an influence upon your nerves and arthur arthur is this a cruel pleasantry demanded georgiana hysterically or have we misunderstood each other all along you know that i am incapable of turning to ridicule or making a jest of anything that regards you georgiana returned the earl and as for my misunderstanding between us there is none our explanation the other day was full complete satisfactory no no cried lady hatfield painfully excited i see that i am mistaken that you have learnt a bare fact yes and since we are now conversing on the topic said the earl let us enter fully into it and then abandon it for ever i see that you attach much importance to this subject and that when we are united there may be no necessity ever to recur if ever we are united repeated georgiana clasping her hands in anguish of heart yes my well-beloved continued the earl and now listen to me about seven years ago you were staying alone at malevra lodge in hampshire oh the fatal time the fatal place cried georgiana hysterically and though she would have given worlds to cut short the conversation she had not the power 
for her mind was agitated like the ocean in a storm. "'You were staying alone at Malivera Lodge,' proceeded Arthur, not observing the extent of her emotion. "'You were alone, save in respect to the servants. But you had no relation, no friend there at the moment. And one night a man broke in.' "'A man with a black mask,' murmured Georgiana, almost wringing her hands. "'And bearing the denomination, too, of the black mask,' continued Lord Ellingham. "'This man broke into the house, and—' and merciful heavens spare me the recital of the rest shrieked lady hatfield covering her face with her hands good god do not thus give way to a reminiscence which though painful should no longer exercise any influence over a strong mind said the earl in a kind and soothing tone as he approached and seated himself next to georgiana consider my dearly beloved my angel my intended wife reflect i implore you upon the childishness of this behaviour childishness repeated georgiana with a convulsive shudder pardon the expression said the earl but i would reason with you i would endeavour to persuade you that an occurrence which is past and gone and which happens frequently in other houses should not thus paralyse all the naturally fine energies of your soul what in the name of heaven can it matter now if a robber broke into a dwelling some six or seven years ago your uncle told me that for some months fears were entertained for your reason but oh my georgiana i do implore you now now that we are once again touching on this painful most painful theme to exercise more command over yourself you praise me you thank me because i am willing to espouse one whose reason was shocked long years ago for that is your secret after all georgiana dearest georgiana and you perceive that i know it my god how have we misunderstood each other murmured the unhappy lady my secret he knows it not but the earl could not catch the sense of the words which she thus whispered to herself and with a fond hope of consoling her for the events of the preceding evening were for the time banished from his memory he took her hand pressed it to his lips and began to utter syllables of tenderness and love then how terrible was his surprise how acute the anguish which filled his soul when georgiana suddenly starting from the half embrace in which he was already enfolding her exclaimed in a tone indicative of the most exquisite mental agony no arthur no you are not acquainted with my secret and now never never will you learn it we have misunderstood each other and i consented the other day to become your wife while labouring under a dreadful oh a dreadful error but heaven has interposed to prevent the consummation of your misery and mine and now she added with the calmness of despair let us separate arthur and henceforth be unto each other but brother and sister for your wife i cannot become georgiana this is cruelty the most refined the most wanton exclaimed the earl am i again to pass through all the phases of suspense uncertainty mystery and doubt and will you in a few days repent of all you have said and recall this stern decision but much as i love you deeply as i am attached to you i cannot cannot endure a treatment pardon me forgive me cried georgiana but you do not comprehend me my reason is not unhinged i am subject to no whims no caprice arthur a fatal mistake on my part alone induced me the other day 
to consent to become your wife. That error has now been cleared up. Our conversation of this morning has convinced me of the tremendous misunderstanding that had nearly wrecked all your happiness. There was another reason which would imperatively command us to think no more of each other in the same light as we so lately did. Ah, you allude, perchance, to the incident of last evening, exclaimed Lord Ellingham. Permit me, then, to ask the object of that Rainford's visit. Did he insult you? Did he attempt to extort money from you? If so, no, no, cried Georgiana, in whose bosom the mere mention of the highwayman's name appeared to excite the most agonizing feelings. I sent down a message to that effect last night. He did not insult me. He did not come to injure me. But his presence excited you most painfully, Georgiana, interrupted the earl, and it has also revived in your imagination. Oh, I understand it all, he cried, suddenly interrupting himself. This Rainford is the Black Mask, the noted highwayman of Hampshire. Lady Hatfield cast upon the young nobleman a look expressive of so much mental suffering that he was deeply touched, profoundly affected, and yet he knew not how to administer consolation. Georgiana, he at length said, in as calm and collected a tone as he could assume, though his heart was in reality rent by the most painful emotions, there is some terrible mystery in all this. I begin to believe, as you yourself ere now endeavour to persuade me, that your reason is in no way affected, that you are not subject to mere whims and caprices. No, the cause of your grief, your anguish, your horror, at the reminiscence of that event in hampshire an anguish and a horror cruelly revived last night by the presence of that rainford who is doubtless identical with the black mask an anguish and a horror perpetuated too until now continued arthur more emphatically the cause of all this is far far more serious than i had at first imagined you say that you cannot become my wife and that you have laboured under a misapprehension. You wish us to look upon each other as brother and sister. And yet, you do love me well enough to become my wife. Did not some terrible and fearfully mysterious obstacle stand in the way? Oh, if you really love me, then pity me, and tell me this dreadful secret which weighs upon your mind. Unless indeed and he paused abruptly as an awful suspicion rushed into his brain. Georgiana only turned her head aside and sobbed convulsively. Unless indeed, continued the earl, after a few moments' silence, it would bring a blush to your cheek to enlighten me. And I cannot, cannot ask you to humiliate yourself in my presence. Arthur, I dare not become your wife, exclaimed Georgiana, suddenly falling to her knees before him. And if you demand the reason, as, after all that has passed between us, you have a right, I will confess. Georgiana, no more, cried the earl, hastening to raise her. Not for worlds would I bring a blush to your cheek. And then, in a different, more serious, and very mournful tone, he added, Henceforth we will be to each other as sister and brother. With these words he touched her hand lightly with his lips, and was about to hurry from the room, when, animated by a sudden thought, Georgiana held him back, saying in a hollow, thick, 
tone of voice whatever suspicion you now entertain you do not believe that i was guilty she added as if the very words were choking her no much injured woman cried the young nobleman warmly a light has broken in upon my mind and i understand it all yes for a pure soul dwells in a tainted body murmured lady hatfield and if i have said this much and you can well believe how painful to my feelings the mere necessity of making such an assertion must be but in making it i am influenced only by the hope the earnest hope of removing from your mind the mind of one whom i so much respect so highly esteem say no more my dearest sister interrupted the earl emphatically for as a sister do i now look upon you and as a brother he added sternly will i avenge you for that was i ere now hurrying away so abruptly avenge me repeated georgiana looking wildly on the young nobleman's countenance which wore a calm but determined expression yes georgiana replied the earl wrong so deep as yours demand a deadly vengeance and who so fit to become the instrument of that vengeance than he whom those wrongs which you have sustained so cruelly redound upon but for that incarnate fiend rainford would you not already yes already have been my loved and loving wife am i not then also wronged by him have i not something to avenge he demanded bitterly and to consummate this vengeance georgiana i your brother henceforth will forget my proud title cast aside the remembrance of my elevated rank and dressed in mean attire i will visit the noisome dens the foul courts the low neighbourhoods of london until i discover that miscreant rainford then will i still forgetting the proud title and the elevated rank dare him to meet me in a duel from which at least but one shall depart alive and wherein both may happily fall i will not yield him up to the hangman georgiana continued the earl fearfully excited because in his last moments he might confess his crimes and include amongst them the foul wrong he has inflicted on thee my sister but i will descend to make myself his equal i will place myself on a level with that black-hearted ruffian hold hold screamed georgiana suddenly recovering the powers of utterance which had been paralysed by this tremendous explosion of generous indignation on the part of that proudly born noble who proclaimed himself her champion hold hold arthur you know not whom you calumniate whom you would provoke to the duel of death yes too well i know the miscreant cried the earl furiously no no you know him not screamed georgiana wildly this is childish silly said the earl impatiently was it not rainford who yes yes but this rainford is a fiend with a heart so black hold hold again i say ejaculated lady hatfield clasping her hands in despair that thomas rainford whom you would make the victim of your vengeance is is what demanded the earl hastily is is who in the name of heaven your brother was the hysterical reply end of section 47 recording by gray clayton